Action Park Media. All right, welcome, Victory the Podcast. I am Doug Ellen. I am Kevin Connolly in the live room again while Kevin Dillon wraps up his movie. Can I get the definition? I think some people are confused. The live room. I know where you are, but why is it the dead room? Well, the room booth. No, that's the booth. Okay. This is a live Is that room. a real term, though, a yeah. radio show? Yeah, a live room is where you're actually in the room, and uh, that would be the booth. Right. Sometimes I'm in the booth. Sometimes I'm in the live room. I prefer to be in the booth. You like me in the live room. I, I like, like you as close that. to me as possible, especially now that you're not contagious of anything that right. could kill me. You know? Exactly. So I, feel I am good. vaccinated. How is life with a baby going? Life is great. Life right. is great good. with a baby. Everything is good. This is our one year anniversary. That's what I was going to say. One year. Exactly one year that we've been doing this podcast. One year, five million downloads. That's not bad, bro. Well, I got not a couple bad. of things to say about that because the year has been so nuts. But when we start, you have no idea if you're going to have a baby 12 months from now. And now you've got this whole new thing going on. The uncertainty with the pandemic, getting guests in as opposed to, you know, the Zoom thing, which which is never as good to me. Obviously, sometimes it is what it is. In the podcast world, you almost got used to the sound of a, of a Zoom, uh, the Zoom audio. So I think it became a tiny bit more acceptable, but it's never as good. So at times when we were booking guests... It was almost like, ah, oh, man, we almost want to save that person until we can get them in the room. I know, but you're, but I think you're thinking about something. You have to remember, there was a time 12 months ago where we couldn't get any guests. It was like, right. I mean, my first my first text was to Jeremy, who who said no, he declined. He, he right, was, he said circle back. We're he'll circle, circle back. back. <laughs> he circled back though. Listen, he did. We can he say whatever we want about time. Piven. Piven has been a very, 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 very good to the podcast. I said nothing about Piven. Piven delivered. Piven delivered Tyson. But even Gary Busey, when I called Gary Busey <laughs> a year ago, he was like, "Who are you? What is this? And why would I possibly do this?" When we do this podcast, who does it reach? Called the Victory of the Podcast. You know, it's with Doug Ellen, Kevin Dillon. And well, what do they have to do with it? You know, I did four of the TV shows. I didn't have a script. I was improving. And Kevin Dillon was making this sound. And I said, what are you, a whiner? Is your name Drama Whiner? In the early days, we knew we had a few big guests, right? Obviously, we knew we were going to get Jerry. Pivot was a bit of a question mark. We knew we had Emmanuel. We knew Constance would come around. We knew we'd get everybody. The I outside didn't, didn't guests were the tricky ones. I didn't yeah, know. That. I, I assumed we. I assumed we would. So well, but it's been a wild year. What was a your, lot of meltdowns? What was your expectations? Five million downloads. It really is. It's a. It's a great achievement. What were your expectations when you started this? What were you hoping? Well, you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I mean, I, I, I hoped that we would be at least on par with The Sopranos, which I think we are. There's a lot of similarities. I think when you look at download numbers for podcast listeners out there, one of the things that I think about Victory is that when when we get new people that discover the podcast, they, uh, much like people would do on Entourage's show, they go back to the beginning and listen to it, which doesn't necessarily help us from a financial standpoint on downloads. But, you know, obviously downloads are downloads and, and new viewers are new viewers. It's safe to say it exceeded my expectations, but I know that there was a, you know, Entourage, uh, I, I don't want to say we have a, a niche audience, but I thought if we could get the word out there to the to the right people that that we would, uh, that I think 5 million, no. Right. Well, we really weren't, um, we didn't use the Entourage brand. It's Victory, which... 
You know? Well, that's the tricky part, you right? Know? We're not, it, this isn't the Entourage podcast. It's the Victory podcast with guys that were involved in Entourage discussing all things Hollywood, all things Entourage, all things. And that's what I like much better. And that's why I've got, I'm getting fewer and fewer messages like, you have to do an episode. You have to do this. So yeah, we're going to cover all the episodes. Of we're course. We're going to cover the movie, but I love Julius Randle, DK Metcalf, Jordan we got Belfort. a couple. We got a, we got a, we got, we're not going to say. Andrew Let's Whitworth. Wait. No, well, we have one coming down the pipe next week. Let's just wait. Let's we just are, wait till we, we already see talked him. about it. No, unless you got something that I don't know about. Oh, we did. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> just listen. Don't hold us to this, but we got Mark Cuban. What do you mean? Next don't week. hold us to this. Mark Cuban will be here. I know that. I'm saying things happen. Things yeah. happen. Short of Luka Doncic getting them back into the playoffs, the Mark will be here. He yeah. is. Uh, he always delivers, and I'm excited for that. Right. He wouldn't fun. say he was coming. That's why he's. Mark Cuban. Yeah. He says he'll be here at 11. He'll be here at 11. And by the way, with with Mark, there's no uh, call my agent, call my lawyer, right. call this. It's like, when I'll be there. You want to borrow my plane? <laughs> right. Great, you know? No, he's, he's great. And the question is, the ironic thing is, well, I bet he gets this a lot now. Of course, we want to talk a little hoops. We want to talk Luca. It's a bummer because Dylan would love to talk Luca. But we want to talk Shark Tank. Yeah. For sure. We'll do that for sure. So what else I got? I've been getting DMs from people like saying, you know, dude, Doug blocked all of us on Victory <laughs> the Page. Do we want to set some people free from Victory the Podcast uh, social? Uh, there's no one who's going to call me a douchebag or an asshole that is going to stay and communicate with. Yeah, I mean, but do you I, think honestly. it could be like almost a bit? Right. They're, Maybe. They hear us kind of breaking balls a little bit and they think, oh, this is. Uh, I I'm should roast, take that I'm in. I'm going to roast Doug. You should take that into consideration. Because there was it one guy this week. It feel super personal. Like one guy was like, yo, I was fucking joking around with him. He fucking blocked me. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's someone today. I think it's Andrew Benko, maybe. He said something and uh, oh, he called me PC for congratulating Kevin Durant and Steve Nash on a great season. And I said, is this PC? Is that PC? Kevin Durant did the show. Well, they, he came by the show. Right? Well, they lost. So he said, it's PC to congratulate him so i said fuck off jerk off is that pc is that pc and And he wrote i'm a giant fan and he liked that i called him a jerk off as we're talking about the one year anniversary of victory you now understand what goes into this in a big way right so you coming into this is it what from a workload standpoint and look the work is paid off right it's a a successful podcast but is it what you expected workload-wise? I don't find this work. I'm serious. Like, right. when I think about writing a script, when I think about doing a show, being on set, running 300 people personalities, this is not work. Just, it's so fucking frustrating, but... So... So where are we? I don't know. Okay. Like, you want to interrupt me every fucking five seconds? And I'm not even kidding. It's literally ridiculous. And I sit there, I'm like, raising my hand like a Let me finish a fucking sentence. That's all I'm asking. Go. I'll be quiet. I show up. I talk for a little bit. Some people hate me. Some people don't. I, I don't 50, find this work. 50. Yeah, whatever it is. I can't control that. I, I could try harder, but there's nothing I right. can do. I find this to be the fact that I can get paid five bucks to do this is great. And that's why I want to do the other podcast. I don't find this work. I think, obviously, when you're trying to promote But you it, understand what goes into building it. The company, yeah, that's a no, different not, thing. No, not the company. I'm saying so. You're getting ready to start a new podcast. Yeah. You're not. Net, you're not really starting from square one because you now have a year of pretty uh, extensive experience under your belt, and you have an idea of what about booking guests and the social and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. 
starting from uh, you're definitely not starting at square one, but you're you're kind of starting from the beginning again with this new podcast. How do you feel about the sort of the building this moving? Well, forward? the only thing that's hard about starting a new podcast, because I know what we have, the three of us, the two of us, whatever it is. We have such history and forgetting myself, I'll, I'll view it from the stage. You and Dylan are funny. So, and I know how to play off of you and I had to do that. So to find people that that may or may not work with is the only thing that I find challenging. Once you get into it and building it. Like it's about I'm, getting into the groove. Is yeah. What well, well, it's about chemistry. Like anything else. It's like the entourage cast. We, once we got them, not that, believe me, I, I shouldn't not say that. Not that that was easy. No, I, I shouldn't even say that because that's writing scripts is still hard, but once you have those five voices, it becomes a lot easier, which I, I wanted to talk about something else regarding that, because we've always said this. There were there's nine people, I think, on Entourage that were absolutely without them doing everything they did. There is no show that starts with Mark Wahlberg. That goes to Steve Levinson, then the five guys, myself and Chris Albrecht. Those people are absolutely irreplaceable. That's all I can say. Other than that, we've had a great year. Thank really you for have. coming up with this. It's been a lot of fun. It's I miss Dylan. It's been a lot Dylan. of fun. This show, after we come back from the break, which we're going to take in a moment, I don't want to call it a highlight reel. It's just moments that sort of jumped out at us. Um, going to do a little anniversary highlight uh, highlight reel. Spread the word more, though, because uh, 5 million downloads is great, but hopefully uh, we can do 10 million in the next 12 months. Let's hope. You better start your life in crime or something, bro. <laughs> we better get something out Welcome back, Victor, the podcast. And we have Connolly has created this little moniker, but she's the first lady of Instagram. Emmanuel Shrieky from Vancouver. The first lady of Instagram. Did I say it? Yes. Let's take that from the top. Here we go. Fucking Jesus Christ. I didn't know What's what on your meant. mind? I didn't know what I to think say. You should leave it. I think Here it's funny. All right. Like, yeah, let's take that. Let's take that. All right. That sorry. Back. Let's do that again. The first lady of Entourage, Emmanuel Shrieky from Vancouver. Emmanuel. What is happening? You know what? If Dylan and Connolly looked as happy as you when I walked in here, do you know how good my life would be? Is I mean, we're happy to see her, guys. First this is the highlight of my entire weekend. And Emmanuel, we got which you're going to give us some help on now because we got the two Irishmen here. They've asked a lot of questions about about Jews, basically. Connolly <laughs> not only cannot not only can Connolly not say Haza, well Haza as well, Chala. Connolly would like. Uh, what, do you have some insight onto what a Chala is? We're going to have to clean off your mic after this. Yeah, Doug, put <laughs> it like, on the microphone. You're talking about COVID as you spit on the microphone. I hope you're going to wipe it down before Suplay gets. Here. I'm sure he gets fucking. I mean, Emmanuel, you got to see how they treat Ethan here. It's like he is the fucking golden boy. I mean, oh my so. God. But anyway, uh, numbers. <laughs> the numbers. Paula. Because initially, when I came in, it was just a three episode arc. Mm -hmm. And when Kevin and I read together, I guess that would have been the second audition. Yeah. Like there was the initial audition. Yeah, I came in and there and was the like back. probably five, six girls left. Right. And I remember Connolly comes before the actual audition comes and he sits down beside me. He's like, hey, I go, Kevin, you doing all right? I was like, yeah, yeah. We had so many friends in common, right. but we had actually not met. Mm -hmm. So that happens. And then there was another call. And that. that's when Connolly... Before I came in for the final time, when Connolly called me and was like, do exactly what you did in there. There was a lot of dead air in the scene when 
Keanu was walking to the meatball shop to give me a meatball sandwich. And so I wanted to fill up the air. So I said, hey, Utah, give me two. Give me two meatball sandwiches. <laughs> well, when you go out, and after my motorcycle accident, I passed away after surgery and went to the spiritual realm, the supernatural, surrounded by angels, big balls of light like volleyballs, shining and breathing, felt incredible love and protection like you don't feel on earth. And it's amazing to have that experience and then bring it back in real life as the pet judge. Mm. It's a wild ride. It's something you don't forget and it doesn't leave you. because Doug, you can go on that show. You're not. In that way, the actor you're working with will be your ally forever. And the audience will love what you gave them because you gave them your truth. And the word truth, T-R-U-T-H, taking real understanding to heart and trust. Talking realistically, understanding sacred truth. Love these. But the testing process, I will never forget. Going in, it was me, Kevin, and Kevin, and I, Adrian wasn't there. Uh, he sent in a tape. It was another actor for for Vince, and then we did a couple of scenes together. And it was the first time, too, in that testing room, which is super stressful. I heard laughter. It's almost like, Doug, and no, no, I know you were trying to be supportive laughing. No one else is laughing. <laughs> no matter how funny you are, you could have, like, Dice Clay in his, in his prime. No one's laughing. It's like you're trained right, to not right. laugh. And the first time the three of us got together, we heard some laughs. I yeah. think Dylan called me E, and I called. We didn't really know who each other. We didn't know who no, was I, playing I, what. It, I remember that we like line up in these chairs, and you're like, okay, you're just still putting it together, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I believe we all were like looking around the room, like, okay, okay, that's oh, so Yuri. <laughs> yeah. After everyone got the parts and stuff like that, I know Wahlberg set up like a a, a club night for us at Joseph's, right? And I'm 20 or 23 years old. I had been to some clubs, but I was definitely not cool enough to get into Joseph's at that point. <laughs> so I remember like, yeah, me come to Joseph's 10 o'clock, whole cast is coming. It'll be a good time. I'm like, all right. And I roll up and I'm like, huge line outside the place. I'm like, am I supposed to go up to the security dude and be like, yeah, Mark, I'm here to meet Mark Wahlberg. This guy's going to laugh at me. I must have sat across the street staring at the line for a half hour before I got the courage up. And I walked over and I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm Jerry. I'm here to meet Mark. And they were like, come right in. And literally those velvet ropes opened up. So did you and Jeremy have any kind of relationship off camera? And I don't mean anything weird. I'm just saying like... <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Um, <laughs> not really. I uh, I don't know if Jeremy's ever going to listen to this, but... Never. I used to, I used to, as a joke, tell people that, you know, I ran into Jeremy at a party at the Roosevelt once. And I tried to like hang out with him. <laughs> And I realized, oh, no, this guy doesn't like me hanging out with him at a party because I don't have a vagina. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I get it. This guy likes me at work but does not want to hang out with me at a party. And once I, like, once that penetrated my brain, I was like, okay, I know how to deal with this guy now. Yeah, I don't think Jeremy wanted to hang out with Connolly but, at parties either. But is, it, but is it possible that, I mean, like, listen, come on. And, and it would, to a certain extent, it would happen if, if Jerry, Dylan, and Adrian and I were out, like, people connect you together and it would kind of freak people out. I mean, I got to imagine that you and Jeremy Piven standing at the bar <laughs> draws a lot of eyeballs, right? Well, I, is, are you telling me that's why he wanted to avoid me? I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, again, I'm not like trying to defend Jeremy. No, you're right. He probably didn't want to hang out. He, like he, said, he, he, he walks right by me too. So that's okay. <laughs> 
Kevin Dillon, of course, which was not improvised, gets the great, <laughs> great laugh when he comes in and yells, hey, bro, in Chinese, which is just one of my favorite moments. Dylan, were you, did you say, hey, bro, in Chinese? Did they give you the words for that? I don't or did you re- say, hey, recall. bro, and then it was dumb? Yeah, I think it's I said, dumbed. hey, bro. It, yeah. We, we wanted it bad dubbing. Well, so I said, it, uh, drink this. Yeah. But, and it was like in subtitles or whatever. Yeah, right? but we added the Chinese language. Whoever <laughs> says it, I don't remember. I was going to say, too, the, uh, Jerry, did you, Doug and I were talking about this before, when some of the stuff where it's clearly not Grenier, I, Doug, why do you keep scratching your balls? I'm not scratching my balls. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you know this, but I play very Stop high. your balls. <laughs> I play very high-level pickleball, and I, I injured myself, and it's hard for me to sit here. Play a little pocket pool there, buddy. Somebody get this guy a few more balls and an extra set of fingers. <laughs> just the fact that Connolly's eyes are gay and are fucking locked on my groin. staring at his crotch? I mean, he's like in his little fucking weird bubble boy booth and like looking at me. I don't uh, know. Well, what, what else am I supposed to look at besides you scratching your balls? I'm, not scr- I'm going like this. This is a stretch. <laughs> You guys ran into each other somewhere he was talking about? Like, he said uh, unpacking a car or something strange. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we Apparently, we both have um, storage space at the same facility. <laughs> so I was just there. I just, you know, went there for the first time in years. And I was parking, and I'm like, I think I know that guy. <laughs> He's got that T-Rex skull in his uh, yeah, storage space. I hope space. I'm not, like, you know, invading his privacy. But he had, like, a lot of framed posters that I was leaving with. And some, of them, and some of them were from Entourage. He said that on the podcast, that you caught him pulling an Entourage poster out of, <laughs> out of storage. <laughs> All right, guys, Jeremy Piven. Special is, guest? Special <laughs> guest Jeremy Piven is coming in right now. Look at this. Um, yeah. Look at the idyllic setting he has going on. Hey, there's Mike Tyson. <laughs> oh, my God. Is he with Mike Tyson? Kevin Dillon. Hey, Mike. Mike wanted to say hey, hello. Doug, how are you guys doing? Look good, Doug. God damn, we got old. Did we grow old? I don't yeah. know what happened, man. First of all, <laughs> Look, I remember the when we were little kids. You did right. not. You did not grow old because I couldn't believe what you looked like in the ring. That was unbelievable, man. And I'm thank you, Doug. Thank I'm you glad you didn't much, hurt him because I really did think you were going to hurt him. I really did. So uh, it wasn't worth it. it. Wasn't worth it. Everything is good and beautiful. <laughs> this is such an amazing combo. I don't want to forget about Rex. But what are you guys doing together? Why are you together? We're hanging out. We're doing podcasts yeah. together. Podcasts are pretty cool. That interview, you have to understand, Mike is peeking on mushrooms, and he's a truth machine. So he's just like, you know, you know, who are you? What's going on? <laughs> like, and, and Saquon's like, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to get healthy. He goes, no, but I mean, you know, who do you, do you love anyone right now? <laughs> like, what, what, you know, what, what's what's going on? I want you to look in that camera and tell tell your baby's mama that you love her. What, you know, what's going <laughs> And like, it going, am I right, Kevin? Like, it's going so it was, deep. It was incredible. And, wow. and then at one point, you know, they're like, oh, so Jeremy, how did Jeremy get involved? And Mike's like, I don't know. He's just here. He's just, <laughs> he's just always here. And like, and, and, I, and like, it's just, bro, it's so surreal. So you're not the co-host. I, I, I was co-hosting. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're, listen, they're insanely busy. You know, they, they're announcing new fights coming up. They, 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 Tiafimo Lopez, the pound for pound best fighter in the world to sign with them. They got, you know, it's just madness over there. It's going a million miles an hour. And, you know, I, I'm involved with them and it's an honor because it's just, he's fascinating. He's a truth machine. You know, you get great episodes and Saquon and everyone that sits, Bill Burr was freaked. You know, he didn't know what was going on. And 
And Tyson's like talking to Bill Burry. He's like, you know, well, what's going on with you? What's really going on? Take some mushrooms. And Bill's like, nah, I don't know. I don't want to take mushrooms. And, I'm, and, and, he, and he just looks at me and he goes, and I go, you should, they're amazing. And, you know, you get to go inward. And yeah, it's very, very surreal what's going on. But everyone that does the podcast, they're, they kind of have this moment where they're confronted in a very great way. And Bill's like, you guys stop, you know, stop beating up on me right now. And, and Tyson just wants to go, you know, why, why are you so angry, Bill? What's going on? So, did someone hurt you? What's, you know, and, and Bill's like, yeah, I don't know. My dad, my dad, he's, uh, he was rough. Yeah, I grew up in Boston. Yeah, it was, a, it was a tough, tough time. Hey, don't look at me like that, you know? And like, you know, we're just smoking cigars. We're having a great time. And we were interviewing the dog whisperer and, you know, you said, hey, can you call in? We got Rex. I didn't want to let you guys down. I wasn't, like, trying to, like, take a victory lap, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, I'm supposed to call in. I guess I'll call in now. And I just happened to be sitting with Mike Tyson on Cesar Milan, the Dog Whisperer's wow. property. And there we were. And so thanks for taking our call. But the weirdest part for me in, in auditioning or whatever, I had come in for Entourage to play Ari's assistant, which ended up being the girl from the OC. Samara Samara, right. Yes, of course. Your your love interest. One of your one of your early love interests. And, you know, I walked in and at that time I was probably playing like 20. I mean, what was I in, in Mr. And Mrs. Smith? Like we were in like 25, 26. So I walk in and it's like girls that were 20 years old. And I'm thinking... Well, don't let this bother you. Just go in and be what you would be if you were that guy's assistant. And I auditioned like, yeah, you want me to get you coffee? <laughs> like I had a whole, like an attitude that like a grown adult would have with an asshole like that. And I remember Meredith apparently wrote down next Meredith to my casting. name. Yeah, wrote down next to my name. If Ari ever had a wife, because I was oh, wow. I, instead of being like, oh, Art, Mr. Uh, Gold, what can I get you? I was like, yeah, what do you want, Mr. Gold? I, they, I just don't think they expect expected that and I was never going to get it being the nice person so there you go well I love that and I love that chemistry that you have and that's why just speaking to the fact how did you feel about your character did it ever bother you that you didn't have a name was that <laughs> no. something that you thought about because I, I never thought about here's that. the thing and this is how I looked at it Ari's character when you started the, and the pilot I mean he he he, he kind of blew up from the pilot like the character wasn't necessarily uh, the plan was not to have the trajectory that way it turned out you didn't have him he didn't have a family you didn't know I was going back and watching some of those scenes and some of the shit that he would say to me. Crazy. I can't even, I just like, was like, how did I not slap him? Like, how did I not, what? I mean, the whole thing about the finger in the asshole, all of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what episode like, we're talking about oh there. <laughs> The stuff that you were able to put out on that show, I mean, is so impressive looking back on it now. And I don't know how I was able to, you know, keep my calm half of the time I was with him. Now, when I look back, I think when we were all in it, it was the world. Right. There was no questioning it. There was... It wasn't like, oh, this is weird and awkward. It was like, no, this is the people. This is the world. So we're we're rehearsing the scene, and I'm nervous because Joe Pesci's one of my heroes, and he's a brilliant actor. And um, we're rehearsing the scene, and my hands are, are pinned behind, and there are these two gentlemen, and they've ripped their clothes off, and they're in kind of like banana hammocks, yeah. but they're like crocheted. So the whole, it's just like right there, like in your face. And Joe goes, now, nah, if I may, can I for one moment? And 
and, and I'm like, what, what's what's going on here, Joe Pesci? And he walks in, he goes, and he, and he goes, literally, come on, just, you know, just in his face, slap it in his face. I was like, what's, what, slap it in my what? And he said, no, right in his face. I go, Mark, what, where's the direct? Joe Pesci, he's, ow. And like, literally, it's just like cocks, there's just cocks in my face. It's just a festival of cocks. Do you know why Joe was there? I can't get out of the cocks. Oh, dude, Do you know why Joe was there? I don't know why You're Joe was there. He was friends with one of them. He was friends with one of the cocks. Yes. Really? Yes. He was friends with one of the strippers. Okay. I mean, it was fantastic. And then Mark. I didn't even get to have my Joe Pesci moment. Here we are is unproduced scene from Entourage. Here we go. Written by right, Doug Ellen, directed by Kevin Connolly, starring Kevin Dillon and some others. I'm going to read the action <laughs> lines. Are we ready? Hold on. Wait one second. Are you going to start it with the uh, funeral homes? Yeah, I'm going to read yeah, all that read stuff. Okay, cool. Here we go. Okay, interior funeral home day. Ian Turtle sit front row. He is stoic, vacant. Turtle is inconsolable as drama steps to the stage. He looks out, sees the crowd. Mark Wahlberg, Matt Damon, LeBron James, James Cameron, Martin Scorsese, Peter Jackson, Mike Tyson, Steve Nash, Bono, Seth Green, Phil Mickelson, Gary Busey, Zach Efron, Sofia Vergara, Tom Brady, Brooke Shields, Scarlett Johansson, Ralph Macchio, Michael Phelps, Jimmy Kimmel, Mary J. Blige, Frank Darabont, Luke Wilson, John Stamos, James Cameron, Bob Saget, Larry David, Val Kilmer as the Sherper, Eminem, Kanye, drama locks eyes with E and Turtle, a lone teardrop drops from his eye, but he shakes it off, pulls himself together. Baby bro. Baby bro. When we were young, people thought we were twins. I was the older, more muscular, with broader shoulders, so I thought it was a little weird when they said that, but... I think they could see the connection we had inside. You were more than a brother, more than a best friend. You were like an extra organ implanted inside of me. You know, I'm just not sure how to function without that organ. In the audience, drama sees Seth Green, who puts his fist on his heart and mouths, what up, drama? Drama breaks down, can't continue. (coughs) Baby, bro, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He breaks hands with Sloan. He and Turtle go up and help Drama down. Okay, so Wahlberg that called was me. Cut, cut, cut. That was amazing. Cut. I, you know what? I we are moving on, ladies and gentlemen. I that love the music. Perfect. So, what, what was your best St. Patty's ever? Probably with Dylan. That was it, dude. That was my <laughs> Only best. Because it will it today that will live in infamy. Yes, it does. It does. Let's was, really discuss it now. The St. Patty's I've had Day Massacre. Great ones. And let me tell you, I grew up in St. Patty's Day is the only day I did not have to go to school. So my parents were like, if you were sick, you were going to school. I don't care, you know, like you're you look good to me. Get out there, you're going to school. St. Patty's Days, we all go into the city, and uh, we go see the parade. My parents get hammered as the kids just watch the parade, you know? But that was it. My dad had the green light on St. Patty's Day, and it was like... From your mom? Yeah, he was alive. We were, it was like under the, it was like, yo, it's St. Patty's Day. You see the lights coming down the street, you're like... He's home. Oh. <laughs> Everybody, go hide. Go hide. Hunker down. So yeah. you didn't go out 
young well, drinking was, with your well, dad? No, I mean, when I, I was twelve, my dad died. When I was sixteen. No, yeah, he no, wouldn't I let know. me drink. Yeah, yeah. You, you Stop making anyway. fun of my dad. Bro. I'm not, dude. That's that. No, it's a good story. <laughs> Kyle, no, but Kyle, it's a good story. You know, I'm drink, Stop yeah, talking about my dad, bro. Why would you say that about a guy's dad? Why would you say that about a guy's dad? I'm doing my. I'm trying to go deep with Kevin now because I actually thought this was an interesting. Part no, of the no, because we don't talk about your dad a lot, and, and you did no, lose. He's your been dad dead for thirty years. I think my dad had... was, you know, is a great guy, and you did not step out of line. What did he get to see you do? Uh, Rocky Five. So we that saw was the that grand fight. Finale. By the way, he probably thought that fight he, was he, really staged. He, he must like, have felt. He must have been really. Uh, Humiliated when you got beat in the, <laughs> yeah. that fight. He must be like, "What kind of son have I raised?" No, the Rocky Five was the go in, and the Rocky Five premiere in Philadelphia was amazing. Chavez, oh, like it, it was a so big, tough. it was a big premiere. And, and your dad, dad beer? My dad was there. He was sick. He was very sick, but uh, he made it to the premiere. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. You know, my mom was very, very sick at our last premiere. She made it. I don't know if you remember, in a wheelchair and with the oxygen. So, do you know yeah. that uh, you know. season six, Doug? Uh, the episodes, the opener was. In memory of my mom, and the finale was in memory of your mom. Did you know that? You know what? I don't, wow. Honestly, I don't, wow. it kind of has got me drunk, and now I'm getting emotional. But <laughs> Doug's going to start. Hey, wait, 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 hold on. We got to call time Kevin, reach over and pour Doug another one because he's, he's nursing. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. No, wait. Don't pour him anything. He's He hasn't finished his first one. I poured this to the top. I mean, Did I'm, you? Yeah. All right, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Drink Take something. a sip. Take a sip. There we go. Hey, here's to our mothers. <laughs> here's to our mothers. <laughs> to our moms. Now, I know that you're a big baseball guy. I told these guys before. Is it true that you rented out the bleachers at Dodger Stadium and sat there by yourself to catch a foul ball, a, f- a home run, and nobody hit a home run? Uh, it was in Anaheim. <laughs> I had, you know, leading up to that in, in tons of attending ball games and not getting foul balls but being so freaking close. I thought, well, hold on. Let's let's stack the deck a little bit. <laughs> and uh, nice. so, yeah, I, I and, and it was funny because it, it happened the day of the game. I called them and I said, I want, I want seats uh, in the left field pavilion. They said, oh, there's not enough people showing up. This was 96. The Angels weren't great. They were playing Detroit. They weren't great. And they said, um, the, the, those seats aren't available. I'm like, okay, all right, that's fine and well. Um, how much for the whole pavilion? <laughs> how much for the whole section? And she's like, sir, that's 3,200 seats. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, we're making progress. How much? And it was... Uh, it wasn't, I mean... It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It Be was careful like, what you say to Dylan and I. We're a little frugal. Yeah. It, was, it, was about, it was about nine grand. Oh, I, by the way, I thought... Yeah, I, I no, it wasn't 50. That. It wasn't 100. It was no, about, that's it was not about Doug makes that or, a day on the podcast. You could do that, Doug. <laughs> the, uh, I was going to say, Conley said frugal. I mean, we didn't even offer Charlie uh, a fucking parking spot today, which is sad. I mean, <laughs> That's he, all right. Where'd you park? I that? parked at Cedars. Okay, that's, that's only yeah, three but, miles away. But the, what's cool about that is pulling into Cedars and not having to admit myself. <laughs> <laughs> or having someone else do it. I parked at Cedars and got to leave, so there's progress, you know? That was cool. And so... So we were so excited that whole day to have this whole section and we're inviting people and it just came down to Brett Michaels, myself, my friend Lance, some <laughs> other guy that tagged along. But we were so freaking drunk by the time we got there <laughs> that we're just kind of like lumbering about, nodding off, and we were Baking a freaking mess. <laughs> So anytime like someone hit a ball <laughs> deep left field, you'd see us just kind of start to stand up, and then it was just like, "Fuck this, is too much work." But three balls hit the wall that night. Wow! And nothing, nothing came of it. The next night, I watched the game, and there there were three home runs. 
into the first that, same, into that <laughs> same section, like Sorry. one of them hit my seat. <laughs> oh my God. But it was a great lesson that you can't you can't force the hand of the baseball gods. Yeah, you can't do it. You asked about you know being done with Oliver. Um, we had a third film lined up right after Wall Street, and it was uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Oh, uh, yeah, and I had several dinners with, with, with Ron Kovac and Oliver, and we were going through the script, and it was, and that was something I felt like, okay, this is, this is going to be rich. This is going to be really challenging, but, like, it, give me an opportunity to do something I've never done. I just, you know, Oliver says, I'm going to Cuba. I'll be back in two weeks. I'm like, all right, cool. Give my regards to <laughs> Fidel. Whatever. Bring me back a fucking cigar. And... And then he kind of, two weeks ago, and I can't get a hold of him, I can't get a hold of him, and he's just like, he just ghosted me before that was even a term, you know? <laughs> and then Emilio calls. He's like, dude, are you, are you, are you sitting down? Whoa, I'm sit like, down. oh, man, come on, don't, don't. He's like, I'm like, did someone die? He's like, no, no, no. I said, what the, what's going on? He says, uh, Cruz is doing Born on the Fourth. This is right at Odds Rush, by the way. Leo's uh, got a fish <laughs> movie with James Cameron, but wow, so was that... I was a little crestfallen. Yeah, it was. Uh, Did you ever was, get to talk to Oliver about why he wouldn't tell you this? Or yeah, we finally had it. <laughs> I said, dude, that was kind of you know. Congrats on the movie and Cruises. <laughs> no, Cruises brilliant in it. And How much a, after it, the, the, was it right away or before you started filming? Did he it call was you? Probably or? a month before they started. Okay. You know, and he and he said he said that I he didn't see the enthusiasm in the meetings um, with with the guy with Kovac. He didn't, he didn't think he didn't see me really being committed to it. I'm like, dude, we're in a fucking restaurant. <laughs> we're a restaurant, you know. Backflips. <laughs> so yeah, so it was that wow, was kind of that's, that's yeah. disappointing to see him. Yeah. And and did you doubt yourself at that moment? Like he doesn't. I mean, this guy has already told you in Wall Street he's not happy with your performance to some degree. Were you like doubting yourself at all? No, I, I, I was. I at that point, you know. I mean, you can't you can't complain about you know you can't lose something you never had, but I kind of had it, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so at that point, I just had to shift my perspective and just root for both of them. You know, you know, don't what I say. Uh, you know, I said some Italian. I did it for him, and he goes, "Great." That was it. Somebody had recommended me to him, so we get to the show. And um, I don't speak English in my head. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing this the whole time. You're saying I'm, in real I'm, life. Well, in no. real life, I don't speak English. No, no the character kidding. that he's playing. No, I'm just asking. Yeah, he, he's, yeah he's really taken off in the English uh, department. I thought maybe Italian was his <laughs> fucking, I thought quick. maybe Italian was his first language. I mean, yeah, I ever since so, True Romance, his English kicked English. to second gear. So <laughs> I'm not supposed to speak English. So I just kind of tuned out the whole time. I'm looking at them, looking around, I'm looking at the scenery, I'm thinking, wow, they built a nice set here or whatever, <laughs> you know. I'm kind. I'm literally trying not to understand what's going on. Not literally, but I'm, yeah. I'm just sort of going mm, the, the way you would if he's you, still in character even though he's I'm sort of playing in character and that's that's so but then I also am asked to go outside and do you know what you know Walken says you know Luca Luca go outside do <laughs> you know what so I leave I'm not in it a lot of time yeah. then I come back in and Don Vincenzo non c'è niente right. And that's the end of it. And he shoots. I mean, you oh, so what are you right. going to tell me? Like he doesn't know Italian? Like he? he well, I know a little he's, bit. He's making it a little bit. It's pretty good. I just know the <laughs> from T. I'm on TV. There better be a scud missile heading towards us, or I'll choke you out with a fucking strap on. And my mom's like, 
It's good. It's it's pretty good. Uh, let, <laughs> but we're not in the pretty good business. <laughs> Let's go again. And this time when you say strap on, I want I, I want you to I want you to make it more specific. Okay. It's very general. What what's the strap on? What does it feel like? What, what does it feel like? What is it what does it taste like? Mom, stop stop talking. Stop talking about the fucking strap on, mom. Stop it. She goes, Why are you getting so sensitive? Connolly's a sensitive guy. He's like, I don't want Jeff Frost roasting me. Connolly looks like a kid who's whose dad was a fireman and never came home. <laughs> now this is great, Kevin. Thank you for taking a break from your social studies homework to fill in for Dylan. Where the fuck is Dylan? Dylan, how does he blow me off? He's you know, doing a movie with Frank Grillo. Good for Kevin. Dylan went from platoon to cocoon. <laughs> how fucking old is this guy now? <laughs> Good question. How old is Kevin Dillon? I've never enjoyed the writing process. Stand-up process was was too mentally taxing for me. I mean... What was your act about? That, that's was, a good question. I mean, I have tapes. I'll give them to you, but I was observational. To be honest with you, I, I was pretty good. Uh, but, let me uh, tell my girlfriend, hey, we can't go out Saturday. We're going to listen to Doug Ellen's open mic tapes. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, Dice, yeah. I don't want to interrupt you. Connolly's like, he's actually scared to ask you, but can you just, <laughs> no, I want for our to, younger though. audience, can you just, a nursery rhyme that every fucking young man in the country was doing at the time. Can you give us like one? I, I want to give you the one you want. Which one you want? I, yeah. well, Dylan had a request. What would you look at well, for? Hickory dickory dock. This chick was sucking my cock. Yeah. The clock struck two. I dropped my goo. I dumped the bitch on the next block. Oh! Oh, they did a cigarette. This one. Little Bo Peep fucked the sheep, blew a horse, licked his feet. She ate his ass so very nice. Tongued his balls not, not once, once, but twice. Oh! And just to make it a third, we got to do three. The whole yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah. We got to do the third. Oh, mother Hubbard went to the cupboard to get her old dog a bone. She bent over. Rover took, took over. over. Oh, she got, she a, got a bone, bone of, of her own. own. Young guys, uh, Josh Richards and... Um, just scratch him, bro. If you're that uncomfortable, give your fucking balls a tug and tell the story. Just <laughs> <laughs> give him a good scratch. What? Can you look Come on, Doug. Let me help. Getting Doug. We can cut I'm it out. I don't give a fuck if you're kidding. I'm trying to think of the guy's name because I'm trying to fucking get out of that. 